Thank you so much for tuning in to the Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. Today's guest is Cody Fisher. Yay, hi. <laughs> hi, Cody. Hey. Thank you again for coming and doing this. Oh, no, thanks. I'm excited. This is great. Um, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to start off uh, by asking the big money question. What got you into comedy? Oh, God. I don't know. I guess being like a weird, awkward kid that got made <laughs> fun of. And it's like, I don't know. My dad... I, I, was like an interesting question that I can need to think about. But it was like my dad, I was talking my dad just always told really corny jokes and I thought they were like really funny. And like I don't know. And I think it's one of those things where you get made fun of a lot, especially because I had like younger brothers. It was just me and boys. And like always making fun of each other and you just learn how to like deal with that. And then I moved schools a lot until I was like eight or nine. And like even around that time it's like kids just make fun of you for being a kid so it's like yeah kind of got to be a little bit tough but I'm always like is everyone making fun of me and because I had brothers I was like all right let's fight this out <laughs> and then people were like no you don't hit and I'm like oh god okay well I gotta use my words I suppose were you were you like a like mean to other people and like defense no, no well I mean in defense yeah but like not I wouldn't go into it. I'm like, I went into it going like, who wants to be my friends? Like, <laughs> and then someone, I remember like, uh, someone made fun of me for, oh, my mom would dress me up so stupid for like the first day of school or picture day. And like, she'd feather my hair and everyone <laughs> would like make fun of me because I was like super dressed up. And this one girl who always wore this like crazy, she had crazy long hair and had this braid. I think this was like third or fourth grade. It was a braid on the top of back and she's like you what are you the principal you look like the principal <laughs> and I was so offended and I was like at least I don't have like a stupid ponytail braid what are you a pony oh uh, look at this girl's stupid horse <laughs> and for some reason like when you're eight that's really funny like I have a friend that I've known since third grade and he said something like if anyone had a weird nickname that was sort of mean. You were the one behind it. I was like, that's not true. He's like, yeah. And then he started counting off. Like, but they were kind of innocent. Like, there's this kid, Joey. His last name was Maziello. And I called him Joey Mashed Potato. But, like, I don't think that was that bad. Do you think he's still called Joey Mashed Potato? If I saw him now, and I haven't seen him maybe since, like, junior high school, I would probably be like, Joey Mashed Potato. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't think good. that was mean when it was just like everyone had I had everyone gave me nicknames like people called me like Fisher Price like it was so offensive or Fish Face because my last name is Fisher and like or Cootie Cody Cootie Cody my mom and my dad always called me Grody Cody so I was already used to it you guys are all <laughs> welcome for these <laughs> deal okay <laughs> what um so what were you where were you from originally um, I'm from Southern California. I was born in Burbank, St. Joseph's Medical Hospital. It's right near, um, I'm going to look up your medical records The NBC now. lot, if you guys are interested. <laughs> um, yeah, my family lives in that area, but I grew up in Simi Valley because like this area and a lot of the valley was like really, really tough in the late 80s and early 90s. So my mom moved us to Simi Valley, which is about like 30 minutes north. And it's funny to explain to people who like move here from other places like, oh, well, you're from Alabama. Yeah, but, I mean, I grew up in a really small town where, like, there was cows grazing on the hills still. It's like, you go outside of, like, the city of Los Angeles, it's, like, completely different. But 
Yeah, I just like grew. I just I grew up in like a small town, even though it was Altadena. Like everyone knew each other. There was like two high schools. That was it. You know, like two rival high schools. You know, we weren't really rivals. No one cared. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the longest you ever stayed in one place? Like, um, I think Simi Valley. Like once my mom moved us there for school, uh, when I was about like nine or ten, it's like she just kind of wanted to keep us there. And then in high school. At some point in high school, she moved. We moved back into the valley, but I still drove into Simi for school. Oh, you have it, your own car for driving there? Oh, hell yeah. So <laughs> this was like my thing from like eight years old. I'm like, I want a car. I just, all I want to do is drive. So like I had this like old, <laughs> this old Beetle that like oh. I drove and it would break down all the time on the freeways. And this is like, never had cell phones. When I graduated from high school, my mom got me a cell phone. She was like, in case you break down on the freeway somewhere. Like, you're not like, I would walk off the freeway and call on a picture and be like, can someone come get me? <laughs> car broke down again. I feel like you, you're the girl who like in high school, I wished I could be like with the car. I was like really cool and funny, but. <laughs> oh no, not at all. I was such like, no one, I guess. I was friends with sort of, like, different groups of people. And, like, in my town, like, everyone had a car. It was, like, a really weird, like – and I even – before we moved back in the Valley, like, I lived two blocks from the high school. And my mom was like, walk to school. I'm like, no, I got a car. So we (laughs) had to pay for a parking pass. It was so stupid. But, of course, like, I got a job at 15 so I could pay for a car. And, like, that was, like, my goal. I'm like, I want to drive. I want to drive. This is my independence day. Like, my thing. Do you get along with your family? Yeah, I mean, I'm a really small family. Me and my mom, we joke, like, we have such a great relationship because, like, we're not together all the time. And, like, but, like, through college, like, I moved out, then moved back in with my mom, and I, like, moved back in a few times just to, like, save money and that thing, which was lucky that she lives out here and I went to school out here for film. That's why I moved out here. So I kind of got lucky. I'm like, oh, mama broke. Back home, <laughs> and we would fight and fight, but now like we're okay. We do. We joke and like we never want to live with each other ever again. <laughs> Every once in a while, she'll be like, "We should just buy a house together." Now that I'm like older and like I live with Michael, I, no, do you? Mm-hmm. We we fight constantly, but when we see each other, like I see her like once a week for like an hour or so, and I'm like, "We'll have lunch every now and then." That's about it. <laughs> it's like any more than that, it's like, ooh. Is she the first person that you call when you, like, get a gig or something? Not, not even, I guess. She doesn't really care. So my family doesn't really understand what I do 100%. <laughs> so, like, like when I was on, when I worked on WebSoup and I was on there, like, I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to fly everyone to these WebSoup segments. And, and I think they were like, oh, okay. But then after the show, um, it wasn't canceled. It was just, like, you know, and uh, then it started replaying constantly. And then on E! and all these different, like, grandma songs. She's like, oh, my God. My grandma and my mom freaked out. <laughs> I go, I told you this is what I did. You guys know that, right? And they're like, well, I mean, you always do a lot of things. Like, that's their, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, so if you think my family is a Hollywood family, because they're from here, no way. They could care less. <laughs> could care less what you do. They're just like, as long as you're happy, I'm good. You know, that's fun. That's awesome. It's cool to have that like that group of people who's like got your back from when you were young, but like also kind of doesn't really get things. So it's not like a big deal to them. It's like, well, yeah, it's like 
Well, my family is, if I, I don't know. I can, I, like, my goal is not to be, like, super famous or anything to make more money. I don't have a job. But if I were to ever be that or something, my family would be like, shut up, you idiot. You're not that great. You know what I mean? They would, like, I think that's family, though. I feel like now I'm just like, that seems really nice. But, like, I love my family. We're very small. We're all very close. I think that's why we fight so much. But, like, yeah, if I tell them I do stuff, they go, oh, that's really cool. But then they don't understand the scope sometimes. Mm. But if I send them links online, it's not a big deal. But then if they see it on TV, then they freak out. Yeah. So there's that. I'm like, well, I guess I only watch stuff online. Like, that's big to me. I'm like, oh, this is, I know where this is coming from. But then they're like, all right, yeah, I got that email. <laughs> um, are your mom and dad still together? Oh, no, my parents were never together. Never? Oh. I was an accident. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, which is like, I guess because I was so used to it and didn't make it, it wasn't a big deal, but I don't know. I look back and I was never that like, oh, I wish my mom and dad were together. Like, I never had that. Because like, I don't know, I never saw them together. But my mom was like remarried twice. And, uh, but... I was explaining something the other day because it's like coming up on the holidays, but I loved going from like house to house to house on holidays because it's like I had a billion places to go and a billion presents to get. <laughs> so it's like I would be with my mom, say like Christmas Eve, and we would do our Christmas on Christmas Eve, and then I go to my dad's on Christmas, and then my dad and I would go to like my uncle's house and have Christmas there, and it was always like bouncing around and then me and my brother have different dads and I'm very close with his father's family and so like but then I'd go there and it was just like we had this like really big fun extended family and I'm like when people are like oh I'm so sorry you know you couldn't have a split family I'm like no I loved it it was the best <laughs> like I had all these people who loved me I had all these like you know fun gifts you got to eat everywhere as a child I was like as much as I can eat anytime anywhere let's do this <laughs> you're you're a big fan of food Oh, guys, I love food, but I'm not a foodie. I'm not an asshole. Like, I love Domino's pizza. I just yes. like to eat. I don't care what fucking, where you want to go, like, mother dough or mo- mozza's. Let's go. I'm like, I don't care. I just like, it's good. I don't, just because <laughs> there's a cracked egg on it doesn't mean it's going to be the greatest thing in the world, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Where's your Where's your favorite pizza place? My favorite, I, you know what? I really like grudge pizza, oh, which yeah. is, you know, if you guys don't know, it's in Silver Lake. You can, like, bring your own beer in there. It's oh, what, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can bring – I think you can still do it. I'm pretty sure you can bring your own beer in there. And then um, on Mondays, they have happy hours, so they're, like, full pizzas or half price. Oh, man. Those pizzas are kind of expensive, so it's, like, you you know, a $25 pizza is only going to be, what, I guess, 11 to $15 for the big Doing pizza. math, yes. Yeah, I know. It's hard, right? I was like, oh, God, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> Um, I really like that place, and the owner's super cool. I've heard his name, but I know him through my friend Jonah Ray. And he's we'd be like, calling like, hey, can we just go have like a party here? He's like, yeah, whatever, show up. I'm like, but their pizza's really good. Yeah, they're pretty good. It's, I mean, here in the valley, it takes it takes a while to get over there, but yeah. it's worth it. To, yeah, but I like Domino's too, man. Their new crust is great, dude. Yeah, I order Domino's constantly. <laughs> they get an email from me like, hey, you haven't ordered from 
us. I'm like, you know what? You're right, Domino's. <laughs> Let's do this pizza tracker. Let's go. It's like, I don't have to leave. I don't have to talk to anybody. I just pick what I want online. I can see it coming to me. <laughs> it's like the perfect. I think a lot of people can agree it's perfect for oh, modern yeah. lifestyle. Absolutely. And you find out who your delivery guy is. So oh, yeah. if he's cute, you can always. <laughs> can you send Ernesto again? <laughs> I think in my area, because I do order a lot from Domino's, it's this like old man and he's the best I love him and he's like oh how are you doing and like we have a conversation I always tip him really well but he's like the best guy like I love this guy <laughs> you kind of hope he has like a family that your tip is like helping out oh yeah totally I don't care if you're sending it back home to wherever yeah make your money dude here <laughs> so what are, what are some of your uh influences in comedy like is your mom a huge influence on you um you know what it's so funny I make fun of her because I think she's like so not funny now but Growing up, um, she was a huge SNL fan. Like she was like, like the whole like Mr. Bill. She just thought she had like a Mr. Bill bong, and like that my grandma didn't know what it was, and like which I think is like a very funny thing. That's awesome. But um, did yeah, she still have it when you when she? No, had I don't know. Not at all. I'm like, I think by the, when she had me, she was like, I guess I can have this like often, except for the fact that my mother used to let me watch Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke and for some reason one of my favorite movies when I was like five was Born in East LA with Cheech Marin and like when I got older I'm like wow mom why would you let me watch those movies and she was like I don't know you liked it you thought they were so funny and I knew you didn't understand everything that was happening but like I think I just like loved Cheech Marin <laughs> Have you gotten a chance to meet him now no, this year? No, no. That would be really funny. I would like, I would kind of love to. I'd be like, oh man, born in East LA, like when I was five. And I could just imagine him going, why would your mother let you watch that? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't you, know. Have you ever listened to any of their like comedy albums? You know what? I did like a while back in high school. And it's just like, then I'm like, okay. And I was like, in high school, I was a huge stoner. But like, some of it I thought was funny. And the other stuff, I'm like, okay, this is like too much. Even though I was, like, a huge stoner, guys, I went to prom with my pot dealer. <laughs> but I was still, like, I was still anti a lot of pot humor for some reason. Like, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, I put one, my mom had one, and I put it on. I'm like, they're raping a, an underage girl on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, Is this like, funny? There's a lot of weird, like, sexuality. But then, of course, as you get older, you're like, oh, you're that stoned. You're not raping anyway <laughs> let's just be honest but yeah that and then like um oh I like I loved Carol Burnett like my grandma watched it a lot and I think there was reruns on like Nick at Night and like I was obsessed with Nick at Night I wanted like because she I remember specifically she had like pockets and all her glasses and everything I'm like I just want everything <laughs> and like I remember just like loving 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 that so I feel like, yeah, my mom and my grandma, because my dad's stupid jokes, and I was like, it was like fun times, you know. That's great. Mom, grandma, dad, Carol Burnett. <laughs> yeah, and then my grandfather was from Tennessee, but he always had like these like just old man crazy jokes that were just like, and they were every once in a while you'd have he'd like throw out a slightly racist one or something, but like he was also like the nicest man and never meant anything by it. And I really wish I could remember one of uh, 
my mom's family, she had friends that was going over across the street with Jewish family. I wish I could remember exactly the circumstances told. And they were all eating dinner together. And um, I can't even remember their names now. Like, I wish my mom was here to tell the story. Like, the um, the wife got up and just slapped my grandfather in the face. And <gasps> she's like, I love you. But that crossed the line. And then went back to eating. And no one said anything about it. Like, got up, slapped him in the face. <laughs> and then I think my grandfather, the way, like, my mom tells it, just went, okay. So I just <laughs> accepted the fact. He's like, okay, that's fine. And he would just always be like, I'm from Tennessee. It's California. He's like, well, okay, it's Southern California. Calm down. (laughs) Have you ever been slapped or slapped someone? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like growing up with brothers, we always get hit each other with something. I feel like the last time I slapped somebody, just so, like, don't like doing it, but the last time I slapped someone was, like, the guy I was dating, we broke up. He was laughing at me because I would started crying. And I don't ever cry in front of people. I like do a nice slap him in the face. And I was like, don't you ever laugh at me. Or no, no, I'm crying. Don't you ever laugh at me while I cry. And I was like, it was sort of a sad story. But then I was like, I felt really good. I needed it. I'm like, oh, my God, as an adult, I just slapped someone in the face. It was like a very weird moment. Where you're like, no, adults don't do this. Adults use their words. And then sometimes. Did you get him with some good words, too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you always question yourself. You're like, oh, my God, that anger just came out of me. What was that? Are you cool with that person now? or is it still yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Because, again, like, when you go back to family, when you're close to people, you kind of, like, lost the line sometimes. Just because you're like, oh, I'm around this person enough. They don't care. Or you're just mean. You don't realize how yeah. mean you're being. But, yeah, it's fine, you know? One of those things, too, where, like, what happened to my grandpa when I did it, I think he was like, yep, I was wrong. <laughs> um, what, was there, like, a point? Was there, like, somebody who who told you, like, your foot, uh, was there somebody that, like, told you that you are funny, you should get into comedy, or was this, like, a decision that you made that you were like, you know what, I am funny, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to involve myself in some way, shape, or form in this. I mean, I guess, like, I was always sort of, like, a goofball. Like, um, I would, like, just, my grandma watched me and my brothers a lot. She was always a stay-at-home mom. But, like, when my mom worked, we would go there and she would babysit us. And, like, I would reenact, like, scenes from, like, old movies. Like, I've seen, like, for some reason I thought Gone with the Wind was really funny. And, like, I would reenact weird scenes and be overdramatic. And my grandma would just, like, laugh and laugh and laugh. And, like, so I'd always be, like, a big goofball to my grandma. And um, I just, like, and I, like, I liked making other people laugh and being silly. And then me and my brothers would always, like, you know, do weird, just be fucking weirdos together. And then, like, even in school, like, I kind of lucked out. Like, there's a lot of people that when I moved to Cleveland, like, we just played good friends. We would make fun of each other. Thing like we would just have like weird inside jokes in our whole class, and uh, like no one, everyone like was in. It was like our class. Like I remember specifically our sixth grade class would always have these weird bits, and like it would carry through the whole school year. Like we all had something that don't even make sense. Like when I look back, I don't know why they were funny, <laughs> but like we all bought these like. 
Clifford erasers. You know, Clifford the Big Red Dog erasers. <laughs> and we all had them. And, like, we would all put them on the desk at one time. Like, on our desk. And the teacher would walk around and be like, There'd be weird things we would do. And even, like, I remember fourth grade, like, we had this Joey mashed potato. Going back to him, would tell the longest stories, like, for show and tell. But it wouldn't even be, like, showing anything. He would just be, like, telling the story. And the teacher would fall asleep sometimes during (laughs) them. But then I remember, like, I don't know, like, oh, nap time in Joey land or something. And, like, we all made these signs that when he would go up, until we'd hold up these signs that would say like nap time in joey land because like we, he was just so boring and i like i get like apparently like i was like the asshole leader of the group but <laughs> then in junior high school it was like i got stuck in an asd class for some reason so it was everyone who was like voted like student body and they had a class the dance and for some reason I was in this class with them and I wasn't involved like I wasn't like the president or the secretary or the treasurer I was just in this class there were a lot of like the popular girls that were like pretty and cool they were also idiots I would make fun of them and I don't think they realized I was making fun of them and so they voted me class clown and I was like I'm getting voted class clown because I'm a fucking asshole (laughs) that's how like I felt you know and then like high school I like started to try to be cool and then just like really like started watching SNL a lot and just really getting into loving it and then taking it like beyond and then being able to do like write small stupid sketches and then through that we did comedy sports came and so I started doing short form so I think it was like basically this is long-winded way of me saying I think I've always yeah so it's just like it was just always there and always like doing like stupid little things and uh yeah and just in like then in high school I think by like my senior year I was like oh I want to go to Groundlings I want to like or I want to do this or I want to try comedy and then in college there was like an improv class that I taught and then um where did you go to college um, I went to a couple different places. I went to Moorpark Community College right out of high school because I wasn't 100% positive what I wanted to do. I'd gone mm-hmm. into film, but also was doing comedy there. And then I went to Tulane where they paid it, like a lot of money and then CSUN. And <laughs> eventually I was like, you know what? I don't want to do I Guys, I dropped out of college three times. Good for you. Um, not because I couldn't do it. I was really smart, you guys. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> But yeah, like I had, I had this instructor in like a community college who used to be a daytime soap opera actor. But he went from that out of being a stand-up and like not wanting to have a career. But he like encouraged a lot of us doing stand-up, and I did it. And like, um, I had gone to New York at like nineteen twenty and got to do like stand-up out there. Oh, wow. It was really funny, and it was terrible. I would never do that. What I, but it was like <laughs> I was young and like. I always had a really dark sense of humor, too. And uh, especially, like, in college, like, you're, like, more politically active and you have opinions about things, but then I would make fun of it. And then, like, um, yeah, it was, like, such a weird, weird thing. And then um, doing stand-up kind of got me in out here, like, in L.A., and I was, like, thinking of moving to New York, and then all of a sudden I saw this L.A. newspaper article a few years later, and it was, like, teaching class 
oh, I'm going to take classes there while doing weird shows around town. And then, like, everyone who was in my one-on-one class ended up becoming girlfriends. Like, they were literally girlfriends. And then it was just like, well, why? I'm just going to keep doing this. So, that, yeah. So you found home. Yeah, exactly. It's like I feel like UCB was like a big community project. Everyone that came up together was like doing all these like weird things. Yeah, it's like, why, yeah, why, why am I going to do anything else? Like that's how I felt. It's like, oh, no, this, is, this has obviously been my path in yeah. a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so here I am. Let's just, just going with it, you know? <laughs> You've had some great opportunities, though. You're – you're the only person who's on, uh, from the first wave of mod, aren't you? Who's always been on a mod team, right? I don't think I'm the only person. Oh, I God. think you are. I think there's, what, two, maybe two people who... No, I think Evan Susser, we were on a mod team together. Um, there's people who've been on and off. I think Matt Manzer. Yeah. And I've written with Matt Manzer for, for years. Like, Matt and I started, like, writing sketches together just outside, even before we had, like, he's the so sketch funny. program. Oh, he's a... He's a machine. He just like pumps them out. I don't get it. It's like, <laughs> and I can spot a Matt Manser sketch anywhere. But I think this because I feel like I've been like, I've known Matt and been writing with Matt for like almost seven years. So it's like I can spot that. I'm like, oh, that's Matt Manser. Uh-huh. And I love him. Like I love him. And I think he was, he was on one. I think two. And those are the three I can fully remember. There's other people who've quit and come back. Yeah. Like back and forth. So yeah. Brian Safi. He's not even on. He's an actor on one. He chose to be an actor instead of a writer. Gotcha. So there's some people. Some people. You're pretty con- like you've never not been on. As soon as you've been on mod, you've never not been on a mod team, right? Yeah. I I don't know why I'm still there. I have this fear every year where they're just gonna be like, "All right, you've been there." Like, <laughs> and it's like it'll be. It's fine. I I'm doing it as long as it's fun and it's been fun and. The early rounds of mods, you didn't do that many shows. It was like the first round, you had like one show every three or four months. So you weren't really, they weren't really sure how to do it. And so I was just like learning it. And the second round, it was like, you did like, I don't even remember, you did like two months on, two months off, and then it got more and more. And now it's just kind of like, you have to write one new show every month. And that can kind of get, it can kind of get draining. And it's like, when you think about, then I think about like, which a goal of mine was to be like, oh, it would be so cool to write for SNL, but like, I don't think I could write for SNL because I'm the person who like can't sing my heart out for these sketches. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to think about putting on a new show every month is like crazy. Because like every month I'm like, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what about like performing for SNL? You could do that. I guess you have to write if you're. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done characters in years, and and um. I haven't, like, I love performing, and I, it's fun, and it's one of those things where it's, like, it's good for the ego because people go, oh, you were funny. You're like, thanks. <laughs> and when you write, people aren't like, hey, that sketch is great because no one really knows. But, like, you can find it kind of fly under the radar. But, like, I enjoy performing. I don't think that, like, I don't think I have it in me to be, like, just the person who acts like a character constantly <laughs> all the time. And I love when people do. Like, I love it, but I don't. I thought that's what I wanted to do, and I had, like, I just, I just don't. I'm like, no, that's not me. Like, I realized that myself for so long. But, like, I don't turn down a chance to perform, ever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll try. It might not be great, but let's do this. 
Um, I uh, I just saw you in something that hasn't uh, hasn't been uh, online yet. Um, the uh, Steve and Brandon. Oh God. Sell a show. Uh, yeah, I just got to see that. Oh uh, nice. I can't wait until that finally gets. Released. It's been crazy. It's been like over a year since we started sh- shooting that, and like. Uh, so what? So tell me about that. What what happened with that? With that show. I don't, it's it's really weird. I don't know, because it's like Michael Bush is someone I've known for years and years and years. And um, he asked me to be in it, and it was fun. And, like, and of course, I've known Steve Agee for years and Brandon Johnson. And then, yeah, they're like, oh, we're doing this thing for the Comedy Central website. And um, we want you to be in it. Yeah, yeah. But it was, like, this whole thing. So we shot three episodes. Six months went by. Then they wanted three more episodes, and it still wasn't up online. And sometimes mm. I just do things and I don't realize if they're up or not. Like, there was like a time where I was just like, I'm the queen of every press conference. So I'm like <laughs> in every web series around town. And uh, yeah, it's just like they just keep pushing it back, pushing it back, which is shocking to me because it's like the production value on it is so high and Comedy Central put out a lot of money. Like, I got paid more than I thought I was going to get paid for. Like, honestly, I probably would have done it for free for like Mike and JC because yeah. they're friends of mine and like, Brandon and Steve, when you get a chance to work with all your friends, you're just like, this is fun. Who cares if I get paid? I'm like, oh, okay, money. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I have no clue, and I would, like, love to see it come out because, like, everyone is so funny. Everyone on there is such weirdos. Yeah. Which I love. Like, Michael's a weirdo. JC's a weirdo. Steve <laughs> and Brandon, we're all weirdos. So it's like, we all have weird, dark senses of humor. It's like, it would be great to see it up or be able to share it with people. Like, here's this weird thing we made started making it over a year ago that nothing's ever happened. But I don't even know, like, there's a plan to, like, redo the website and revamp it and do all right. the stuff. And then, like, was it going to be Adam.com or was it going to be straight on a different – it was, like, I think yeah. – I was talking to someone who worked at Comedy Central about it, and they weren't even sure. I was like, yeah, it's going to be up soon. And now it's, like, yeah, November. And I think, like, I heard, like, the beginning of the summer it was supposed to be, like, a big premiere. Oof. Uh, it's really funny, and you're you're. Fun. I only saw the first one, which is I. You didn't have. You just had a little bit at the end, but you're yeah. very funny. I can't oh, wait to see you. what else. Thanks. You're like the meddler, right? Yeah, I'm like the evil intern. Like I'm like the the one that like wants to like get JC and Michael, and it's <laughs> as it progresses, it becomes like funnier because they also work out with me, and it's just like oh, I kind of like that because I don't think I've ever gotten to play like them, even though. I work at UCB and everyone thinks I'm a mean asshole, but like I've never gotten a chance to play someone who's like a real like mean shithead. It's like <laughs> just like uh, Michael Bush when he was pitching me equated to like Paul Shear's character on Thirty Rock, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, but it's just like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll do this. This will be fun. Yeah, you're you're adorable. So. Oh, thank like, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I like everybody on that, so I really hope it comes out because I know, that would be great. I know. How many pro like you must be involved in so many projects where something like that happens? That happens a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, I think that happens a lot, especially with there's like a lot of um, like say like something like Comedy Central, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like bigger, you know, 
company. I'm saying I'm, I can't think. My brain is slow this morning. <laughs> so it's not even the morning. It's the afternoon. I'm not doing great, guys. <laughs> uh, there's like a lot of big places like that that have a lot of money behind them, and they can throw it out. And they just I think Comedy Central especially will just like they'll produce pilots that you never see coming because they're trying to find something. And to me, I'm like, oh my god, it's so much money, and then no one ever gets to see this stuff, and like. But on the plus side, that's giving people a job, even if nobody gets to see it. Yeah, it's giving people work, and it's keeping people creative and working and doing things. It's it's always a learning experience, too, because if it's, like, something is never uh, released or put up somewhere, there are reasons behind it that sometimes you get to learn some things no one ever tells you. But if you get to hear, like, the reasons why they didn't put it up, you can learn from it. You can be like, okay. And especially as I get older, you're like, okay, well, this might not be what I – love 100% but this is what I want to quote unquote sell this is what they're gonna want and you kind of have to lean to that a little bit which is like sometimes it sucks and other times you're like well this is what it is like I'll just do it but it's I'm a better writer or actor because I got to go you know what I mean and if I can find something that works for them that I still like then it's like everyone wins you know Uh, what's your favorite thing that you've done our favorite things that's a hard hard to say one thing um one of my favorite things that I worked on that just ended up being so fun it was a web series called remember when and I did it like probably two years ago and then got shopped around some networks like people were kind of excited about it um but it was just one of those things where it was just like a whole bunch group of people came together and it was like really simple and everyone just got along so well and like we did a lot of um just table reads before I went out and shot and just joked around and anything we improvised we left in a sketch and uh me and my friend Kurt just like ended up having this really funny like like rapport back and forth of just being shitheads to each other and it was just a very like an aside and it was like uh that was a couple notes from like you know at Comedy Central they our rapport together and I was like oh cool we're just like making fun of each other <laughs> and uh but, like that's still that web series still like looks so good and I think that's a lot too is like our creator Alicia Yasmin who's amazing is constantly working all the time and then um Sam Moeller who's a director just like bare bones crew and just like really looks wonderful if anyone's if you guys have never seen it so remember when show.com it's it's old people wanted more episodes we couldn't find any but it's fun it's cute I think it gives you a sense of, like, just a bunch of friends who, like, had this fun idea and wanted to make something. And it was, like, even though I was totally sick when we shot, I'm only in the third episode when we shot that episode. It was just so much fun. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And then a lot of us worked on a different one called Girl Crazy. And that was one of those things where it's, like, took a long time to get happening because everyone who worked on just, you know, everyone gives their time. And everyone worked for free, but then everyone got to work. And it was one of those things where it's just like, this person editing it can't edit it anymore. Then it was just someone else that just took a really long time to put out. Yeah. And then you kind of just kind of like lose the momentum. It's like, well, this is out now, finally. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, here's this. I still liked it. But um, I guess my favorite things are like when I just get to work on stuff with my friends. And like, um, like again, going back to modding season everyone I work with on that team is so awesome and funny that I like it and that's why I don't stop and even it's like a lot of us don't have time sometimes and we just try to make it work yeah like, it's very rare that all of us are ever together working on something but 
we all like each other. And it's fun. It's like if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. But even if I was getting paid for something, I did just do a pilot where I was like terrible. I didn't have fun. <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. I was like, this is not worth the money. But you I, acted on it? Yeah, it was like a correspondent thing. And then, oh. There's a few other people on it. Brian Safi and Sergio Chili worked on it. We just would be like in all cuddled in one dressing room. Being like, if it gets picked up, will we go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we would. And I don't want to say anything on here in case like, it's like, it was like a big deal, kind of like a lot of money was thrown behind it. Ooh. And it was like produced really fast. And um, it was it was like really rough toward the, the last day of shooting where I'm like, I can't pretend to care about this anymore. Would you have would you have worked on it like if it got picked up and would you still work You know on what it for the there's money? those things where it's like depends on how much you like it. Yeah. And like I definitely go back and forth with like that's like me and Sergio we're talking about like god it has to be a good amount of money. Like and but at the same time it's like I keep my job. I work at you guys surprised me work at UCB and I keep my job there cuz they pay me very well, and I also work for my boss. And, you know, unemployment yeah. and weird, <laughs> you know, freelance jobs here and there. But it's not where I want to be the rest of my life as, like, you know, a house manager. Like, I love – I don't want to say I would be at UCB the rest of my life in other capacities. Yeah. And I love being a part of a company of this, like, independent business and, like, getting – I like, I love it and I care for it and I protect it as much as I can, but – I don't want to get yelled at by drunk assholes at night. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like one of those things where I'm like, would I take this job just to not be yelled at by these drunk assholes? But would I want to kill myself because of the other cast members on here? Like, those are those things where it's just like, well, you're an MTV reality star. Congratulations. You're really making it in life. Those are the people that were on it. They were just like, you're monsters. You're fucking monsters. Oh my god, I feel bad about like this. I didn't. Re- I I haven't watched MTV reality shows in a really long time. But there's one guy who was like in talking to him Offset. It was like, or I realized it because he was like, "Oh, you worked on G4. A friend of mine that I was on an MTV show with is on." And I'm like, immediately knew who he was talking about. And it's this guy Blair who was on Road Rules years ago, and he um is a host on a G4 show, and I've worked with him a few times. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and I was just like, no wonder you're crazy and screaming and yelling at me. And it was just like. Like on, on camera? On camera, because it's like correspondent stuff and discussion. Oh. Pan- it's another panel show. And, like, you just went off on me. Like, oh. and I'm like, oh, this is like, you think this is what this is supposed to be. And I was like, my job was like. I'm the social media correspondent, and I was just reading tweets, literally word for word, reading tweets off the internet that people tweeted about um, a little boy who was like 6'2", 300 pounds that got kicked off his peewee football team because he was too big. He shouldn't, it's like, yeah, he shouldn't play with these other kids. He's a monster. (laughs) But like, that was one of the tweets was like, this kid's a monster. And this guy on camera shooting started screaming at me telling me I'm what's wrong with the world because I'm calling this poor 12 year old a monster when I'm like this is not what I just read this off the internet <laughs> this is not my personal opinion oh, 
he's telling me, and then he takes it to a whole nother level, which is like, he was like, to people like you don't understand. You're what's wrong with the world. Like, you know, what do you, you don't even eat. You're fucking anorexic. Look at you and this and that. I'm like, whoa, we're on camera. He may have not said the F word, but I was just like, wow. I like, I looked around to the producer and was like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, this is kind of insane. Like, I don't, I don't need this. I know it's like, this is a, a discussion show and people are supposed to have opinions and supposed to get heated, but that like crossed the line where I'm just like, no, dude, I'm, yeah, I guess you think I'm anorexic. I'm not, I'm thin. Like, that's like, I, but it's so offensive to me because it's like, I'm a woman, so naturally I'm uncomfortable with my body. You know what I mean? It's like, right. yeah, I'm super thin. I also have no boobs. So it's like, that's <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm like, please, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with my looks, but you just made me feel super uncomfortable. I'm like, what do I say? Like, and and you're telling me I'm what's wrong with the world? No, you are what's wrong with the world. Right. You can't be like, oh, don't tell this person I'm fat, but you're anorexic. Like, oh, come on. In a professional setting, you know, I'm reading off script. Like, you know, I'm reading off a script. Right. Oh, but he's real. Well, I guess reality, they have scripts too. So yeah, but I think sense. they're, t- you know, I think a lot of they're like egged on to fight. And I'm yeah. like, I don't mind like witty banter and you making fun of me or making a shot. But that's like, you're, you're taking this to a whole nother level. And I'm like, and I would like whisper to the mic. I'm like, someone tell them I'm on script, please. And also like, they would like, <laughs> if we do a different, like we would write these jokes in, to say, like, me and Sergio to make, like, our script a little bit funnier, which was encouraged. Of course, you weren't paid for it. And then, like, we do, you know, another take. And then those two fucking, who knows, reality stars would, like, bite our jokes. And then it get tossed to us. And I'm like, well, there's our joke is gone. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I can't keep writing a joke because they keep stealing our jokes. Remind them we're on script. Like, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reading off a teleprompter. Please don't do this. Anymore. Wow. It got that got to be so exhausting by the end of the day. I was like, I think the three of us are gonna have to just fucking I'm gonna <laughs> just end it today. We don't want to be here anymore. At least with drunk people at night harassing you at UCB, you can go, eh, at least they're drunk. Yeah, I'm like, oh this drunk idiot. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> Do you ever get tired of being like tired of having to be like the quote unquote asshole? Oh, yeah, of course. I don't like doing it. It's like, it's my job, but it's one of those things where, like, it's customer service, and I've been doing it for so long. And it's like, I've never encountered so many people who think they're so entitled Mm -hmm. in my entire life than I have working at this job. And it's insane to me that there are so many people who, like, What do you think you're going to – like, this isn't the Pantages. You're not paying $200. You're not going to – there's no lobby to wait in. They, like, wait in line. will get you in as fast as possible. But some people just have such issues. And it's just like, I, there's nothing I can do. I just need you to do this. And there's a few – there are a few regulars that, like, I have it out with on a constant basis <laughs> where it's like I've had experience. I go, I'm not asking you to wait in line because – I personally want you in line. It's not me, but it's like you have to. Like, yeah, we have no place else to park. People need to get by on the sidewalk. These other businesses get pissed off at us. It's like 
What's so hard about waiting in line? When you movies open and there's big crowds, they make you wait in a line. Right. Like a lot of places, you got to wait in line. Got to wait in line at Starbucks. Wait in the fucking line. And it's just like, so they you try don't to want like to. Come, they try to come and sit in the lobby. Well, just other things where it's just like you're in the way or walking in and out. Like the amount of people who get upset because they can't use like the restroom while a show's going on. It's like there's a show people get so like upset and it's like I'm like the coffee shops don't mind I'm so sorry but there's a live performance people don't get that where it's like you can't walk into a movie theater and just go in and use their bathroom like yeah. no movie theater you can do that and what makes you think I guess you know the shows are five dollars but like the shows are two bucks like there is that mm. rule of thumb with art where it's like you put a low price on your art people are gonna think it sucks you put a high price but there are those people who have that where it's like that's not what UCB is about UCB is about essentially a community service making it accessible for people to come in and not keep people away from the theater. You yeah. Know? But there are those people who are just like, man, just wait. You just got to wait. You know, life is waiting. Chill out. <laughs> like, chill out. Have you ever gotten to, like, uh, use your experiences while managing in your writing? Um, I'm trying to think. I guess, like, I guess so there are a lot. Oh, there was, uh, there was one guy. This is the one thing I think that was just kind of recent. And um, there was this one guy who was riding his bike back and forth, like, on the sidewalk, which is, like, it's not – it is illegal on Holly Boulevard. I know a lot of stuff about <laughs> pedestrian laws down there. But, like, if you can't ride your bike on the sidewalk, if it impedes pedestrians or people on the sidewalk, this guy hated our line and, like, yelled at me and screamed and cussed at me because he wanted to ride his bike on the But it's also like, you can't logically come to something like that and be like, you know, you don't have a problem with like people in bars standing outside. It's just us coming in and riding. Right. So he tried to ride his bike into our line, like our audience. And he's like, you buy it, who cares? He started like trying to like, people were like jumping in the street. And then I said to him, like, you know what? Technically, like, you can get a ticket for you cannot ride your bike on the sidewalk. And he's like, yes, I can. I have rights. And started screaming that he had rights, which was kind of funny. And I was like, all right, dude, get the fuck down the street. And uh, the next month we wrote this sketch. It's really funny. It wasn't my sketch for our mod team. And um, Dave, Car- Dave Tooney plays this really funny character and kind of inspired by that. And I think the writer, too, of it, which I believe was Patrick Dave. It was, it was a sketch set in an airport and, like, about boarding passes and people coming on. And and we just wrote Toonie as this character who was just like, I have rights. I can board with children. You know what I mean? And it's like he just – I'm not even explaining the sketch right now. It's so funny. But it was like just – and if, if anyone listening knows Dave Toonie, he knows he's, like, the funniest man in the world. And we just put a top hat and a monocle on him. And he just was like, I have rights. Just anyone who, like, screams that is very, very funny. But it's like usually the person screaming that is the one like just not obeying certain like social social laws that you should go by. But it's like, right. you know, don't push a person over on the street. Don't, you know, kick a dog. These are extreme, extreme examples. But you know what I mean? People do them. Yeah. People say, I have a right to kick this dog. Well, oh, no. <laughs> OK, but you're crazy. I want to ask you about web soup. Because oh, that's okay. what, like, that's definitely what people know you the best by is, like, web soup. Uh, and you're so great on, you were so great on that. Oh, so. thanks. How, yeah. did, how did you get involved in that? 
Um, well, uh, Jonah Ray, who was a writer on it and is says Nerdist now and very popular. Um, I've known him for such a long time. We've always been like good friends and like. Were you in classes together, like one hundred and one, or no? We I was never in a class with Jonah. I met him outside of um, UCB, even though he was taking UCB classes and performing there at this place called Garage Comedy. That oh yeah, Kula Philosack and this girl Val Myers used to run, which was really fun, and that's kind of where I met everybody that like I'm still very close with today and do comedy with. But um, I met him there, and like we just kind of hit it off, and like. And Super Deluxe was a thing. He had me come in and do, like, his freeloader's guide, a few of them. And um, we'd always been close friends. And then so he also knows that, like, I am have nothing to do during the day. And <laughs> calls me in once or twice to do two bits on Web Soup. And the two EPs, who are just amazing, uh, Brad Stevens and Boyd Vico, just really liked me and just kept bringing me back for things, which was awesome because also I was, like, the one person they could call that would show up, like – can you be here in like a half hour? I'm like, give me 45 minutes, you know, and I'd be there just to do it. And um, everyone else that wrote on this show, like Blank Patch, who's an old stand-up, very funny, the master of all puns, <laughs> and then Mike Henry. And it was a very small, like first thing, very small. And Chris Hardwick, of course, was like one of my heroes growing up because like I used to watch Singled Out and thought he was so funny and such an asshole. And um. Of course, he's not. He's, like, one of the nicest people. He's nice. He could be an asshole. Yeah. Though. Like, that's, like, I don't think he he's can... gracious. I should yeah, say Yeah, I that. don't think he can be... This is going to sound so weird, but I don't think he can be really successful without kind of being an asshole. Because yeah. you have to know what you want, and you have to make things happen. And sometimes it's, like, you have to make hard decisions and, you know, not take certain people with you or, you know... I think it's, like, it's very hard to be successful, you know... I mean, I say it, I'm not, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I see people who, like, you just have to, you have to have a thick skin, too. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'm an asshole. I know. I, I can accept it. I can also be, like, very nice. So, like, I get it. I don't. <laughs> but I, lo- I love Chris. He's, like, so fun and, like, always, always such a charmer. So, but, like, again, he can, like, when he needs to get something done, he can get something done. Yeah. But, um, that's an important, that's an important thing to take away from that. It's good to be an asshole when you need to be because otherwise people trample all over you. Yeah, it's hard. It's like I've I've learned that lesson, you know what I mean? And I've just recently had to like figure it out for myself um, on a on a project that is in the works where I'm like, these are my stipulations for it. And they're like, do you not want to do it? I go, no, I do, but these are what I want out of it. And yeah. that's it. And because, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't get the credit that I deserve, guys. <laughs> Such a dorky thing to say, but um, with, yeah, going back to WebSoup, yeah, Jonah just always called me on, and then when we started doing um, the Internet Safari segment, it was just, they were going to use um, Janet Varney. Thank God she couldn't find it. Thank God she's too <laughs> successful. Um, they're going to use Janet Varney. They were going to send her to Oklahoma to this barbecue place, a piece, and she couldn't do it. And so, like, Brad and Boyd, the two EPs who are the funniest men in the world, like oh maybe Cody wants to do it Cody have you ever done a man on the street thing and like I had it but I was like yeah totally and like told Joan I'm like guess we'll just wing it which ended up being a lot of those segments were just winging it because like we would get there we'd go with an idea and get there and like these we're doing segments if no one's seen it just people who post crazy videos on the internet yeah and we would go out and figure out these people and so it's like sometimes you get there and you weren't 
allowed to do what you'd plan to do because this person is either crazy or they want more money or it's their it's their stuff even though they put it on the web you know the internet and we were very much like at web soup which i feel like is different than kind of other shows like this it's like we wanted to laugh with it but we didn't want to mean it in a funny way you know what i mean we didn't want to be like look at this idiot you know which we did a lot of but it's like you're putting it on there but like when we would go out there with them like this guy, the horse, which was yes. just on, he and like, he was just on the X Factor and stuff. Like he gets kicked in the nuts for a job, and he is honestly though like one of the nicest guys you've ever met. He has a child and a wife, and I think his ultimate goal is to be a stunt man, and that's what he's working on. But um, he got a little crazy and got some crazy mania going out there, and it's like. He takes that his persona, persona of the horse is like he's like a wrestler, like yeah. you know. And we kind of got to do a segment like that, and like he was just up for everything. Like he was the one time we got to go out and just get to do exactly what we wanted, and got more stuff because he brought his friends and filmed a whole bunch of shit and sent it to us. And like it was like it ended up being like one of my favorite segments, just because we the guy was super cool, was super into doing it, and like just wanted to help it help us make it to be the best it can be, which was awesome. Where other things were like um, Mr. Spriggs Barbecue in Oklahoma, which was great because I got to eat a shitload of barbecue. If you guys haven't seen the video, if you just Google Mr. Spriggs Barbecue commercial, it's like a very soulful, like, it's a very soulful song. And it uh, it's like kind of like, you know, it's like sex, a little sexual for a song about ribs. <laughs> and we wanted to like do something and then the guy who sung the song is actually a gospel singer. And I guess it's successful. And it, the song originally was about not cheating on your wife. And it was, like, called Devil Play On Player. And I'm like, so you took that song and made it a song about ribs? <laughs> your friend's business? We're like, he definitely didn't want to sexualize the song or do stuff about it. So we were just like, well, we ribs kinda- are so sexual. Dude, for me they are. Nah. Man, I ate so many ribs. Like I did throw up on the plane the next like we ate too much and then we me and Jonah went and met this kid who wanted to record a podcast, but we three of us went and got really drunk. So I overate all day and then got really drunk Ooh. and like slept three hours and then had to get on a plane and I was like so so sick. Oh how do ribs uh taste going up? Oh God, not that great, guys. <laughs> but I was like, oh, no. it's such a waste to me. Like, this is kind of off topic, but bulimia is such a waste. Or I'm like, what? You're gonna eat all the food and throw it up? <laughs> really? That's a fucking waste. Like, I don't understand. Like, the reasons why I don't understand bulimia. So, what do you? Um, so, what do you want to do? What to you is making it? To me, making it is just. I mean, I would love to be staffed. Uh, as a writer on a sitcom you know what I mean it's like I am at that point now where it's like that's my goal and oh I've been really lazy lately but it's like you know working on getting to that point and I'm like I have friends like my age that are just starting to make it and just you know what I mean so that's that's it for me like I love writing and I love um like I love TV. I've always loved TV growing up. And I don't think there's anything wrong with TV if you're right, watching the right kind of TV. And I write, I watch reality shows that are terrible too. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's entertainment and it's there. And um, 
if I could be a part of something that I loved so much, like growing up, you know, like yeah. that's like the best for me. So, um, yeah, that's that's my that's to me that's making it for me right now. Who knows when I get there? If I'll be happy, maybe not. Maybe I'll want more after that. I don't know. Then maybe I want to pitch my own show. Then maybe I want to like you know, write a feature. But right now I'm like, I know I'm the kind of person where it's like one thing at a time, Cody, one thing at a time. Cause I get, I easily get overwhelmed. I can go, ah, fuck it. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, that's like, like I said, there's so many good, I think there's so many good shows on TV right now. Yeah. And I think there's so many people out there that are really good, really funny writers. And a lot of people coming from UCB. And a lot of women coming from UCB that are so great. I mean, like, there's an all-girl mod team, which was put together just because there was more funny women submitting to write and funny women acting than there were men. And that was, like, the only thing behind that team. And it's, like, a lot of those girls on that team are, like, extremely successful right now. And I'm, like, jealous. I'm, like, they're all very funny and work very hard. And, like, a lot of them are, like, you know, Ingrid Haas just sold a pilot. To yeah. produce, and which is awesome, and she's great, and like she's doing, and then um, uh, Rebecca Adelman is writing on the New Girl, and all these things. So it's like that is, you know, that's awesome, and I love it, and I love seeing women succeed because it's like I wouldn't say it's harder for women, but I think sometimes men do get a little bit more, kind of get looked at a little bit more yeah. over women. You know what I mean? So, but um, I think right now things are changing. I think it's in that pace in the industry where it's like writing wise it's as if you're funny you're funny thanks for tuning in to the comedy girl crush podcast and thanks to cody fisher for joining us and of course thank you to leanne bowen for being my tech guru slash comedy guru slash constant crush now if you liked what you heard today hit subscribe and maybe leave a comment telling us who your comedy girl crush is maybe we could get her up maybe i'm nikki urban Keep crushing it.